Okay, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Mrs. Capel. Thank you, Anenu. And thank you to everybody for being part of what an amazing organization to be focused on Tehillim, especially right now, really focused on Tehillim and recognizing that our tefillah connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really what's keeping everyone strong and will Be'ezus Hashem speedily bring us a full Yeshua. I know that in so many shuls, we're all saying Achenu after Tehillim. It's a difficult time and Achenu has really um, never been so relevant in people's minds Hanesunim Batsara Uva Shivya, brothers, sisters in captivity. Uh, many of us have seen the videos of underground tunnels where hostages have been held, and it just makes it very, very real. We're aware, we're in a very difficult position. And we're davening. We're davening that Hashem see us through this in the best way possible. And really, for Yidin, for all of us as Jews, the key is focus, is vision, uh, just to be aware, like even the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av, when the Jew is at his lowest, it's called Shabbos Chazon. Chazon Yeshayahu. We have vision. And it's that vision that carries us through. Our topic tonight, Hanukkah inspiration in difficult times, is, as Mrs. Capel pointed out, very relevant. And I know that sometimes when we deal with difficult times, we have an approach that goes along the lines of the Gamzu Litova approach. We have the famous story of Rabbi Akiva, Rachastaf Samach, where everything's going wrong for Rabbi Akiva. They won't host him in the local town, and his animal dies, and everything's going wrong. And Rabbi Akiva stays strong. Hashem has a plan. Hashem has a plan. And later, it clearly there was a plan. And bandits had come to the town. And Rabbi Akiva was glad that he wasn't there. And he was glad that he didn't have a donkey braying in the night. He was glad that he was undiscovered. And that's certainly one approach of dealing with difficulty. Whatever Hashem does is for the good. And on some level, that's something that lives with us as Jews, no matter how we approach difficulty. We know that Hashem has a plan. But I would like to approach difficulty tonight from a different perspective because the approach... I have trouble even pronouncing the words on such tragedy. How do you say such a thing? It's just too hard for the human being to process. And I would rather not be God's lawyer. 
I'd rather not be speaking in explanation of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed to happen. We remain clear. Hashem is the Kol Yachal. Hashem controls everything. But interpretations, I, I don't think that's our place right now. And instead, I would like to, like to tap in to a very different strength of the Jewish people. Kapitel Chaf Gimel, in Tehillim, for example, Lo ira ra, I'm not afraid of bad. The word ra is used. <laughs> That's how we're experiencing it. It's bad, it's tragic, it's painful. Lo ira ra ki ata imodi, because you, Hashem, are with me. That's what carries us. You are with me. We have a Pasuk in Eov as well. Even as you kill me, I'm cornered. And we feel for each other and we feel the pain. Every time we look at the news, another chayal being Rahman al-Litzlan being reported, it's we continue to turn to Hashem in a relationship. And I'd like to explore how we do that, how we stay strong, and how we daven, that it should stop the pain, the tragedy, enough. How do we do that? Rabbi Yitzchak Kersner, Zechrono Levracha gave a talk which was originally intended to be titled with the famous title, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. And he explained the, that he objects to the title. Why bad things happen to good people? Do we know if it's bad? Why difficult things happen to good people? Okay. Why do difficult things happen to good people? I once had to give such a talk, I was asked to speak, given this title. And I asked my Rebbe in Lakewood, Rabbi Shmuel Mayor Katz, and he looks up from the Sefer and he says to me, it's an important question why bad things happen to good people. Moshe Rabbeinu asked Tzadik Viralo. But first we need to answer the question, why things happen at all? And if we can discuss why things happen, then we can ask why bad things happen. In the words of Eov, Eifo biyosti oretz, where were you when I created the world, Hashem says. I mean, you want to have some input over here? In the words of Yeshaya, which we read on Atinus, Hashem says, my plans are very different than your plans. I see things that you don't see. Hashem's acting on a different plane. And so 
we do have different opinions whether we should use the word bad things or we shouldn't use the bad things. But for our discussion, I'm comfortable using the term bad things because that's how it appears to us. But we're not going to explain it. That's not our job. Our job is to explore what is expected of us. When we're in such a situation, what's expected of us? And if we think of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu like a relationship between people, which is the mashal that's often given, the kruvim, is a mashal for how we should relate to Hashem. I think what's expected of us is to lean in. When we're tempted to grow cold, to be stunned or stunted in the relationship, that's the exact moment that we need to lean in because our beloved needs us and we need our beloved. As Mrs. Capel introduced, I work as a mediator in Shalom Bayis, working with couples. And at times, things get difficult. Um, husband or wife, someone feels insulted. And it's at that moment of insult, which probably comes because the person is hurting. And they're not at their best. That's when they need us most. And instead of leaning out in the relationship, we need to lean in in the relationship to recognize Shechinta Bigalusa that just as we are hurting, Hashem is also hurting. Hashem appeared to Moshe by the Golos of Mitzrayim in a sne, in a thorn bush. Why a thorn bush? So Chazal tell us the imagery of a thorn bush, of residing in a thorn bush, is that it hurts. I don't think I would ever really appreciate this, except that as a child, I once participated in a hide-and-go-seek game in which I hid in a thorn bush. There was a whole area of thorns, and I thought it would be very creative to climb in there. No one would look for us. And you climb in, but you try sitting there for 15 minutes, and every time you move the slightest, you get pricked. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to show Moshe, Imo Anochi Betzorah. I'm with you. I'm hurting. The concept of leaning in, of being together. I've heard it said that the relationship that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it started as a nation with Yetzias Mitzrayim, Atva'at Eirom Ve'erya. 
you're unclothed, you don't have, <laughs> you don't look royal, you don't look noble, you're not the Kohen Gadol with the big day kahuna, that's, that's not your look. We had limited zuchusim, not so pretty. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepted us. He leaned in. He redeemed us. He had great plans for us. I've heard it said that the reverse needs to also be true. That when Kaviyachal HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't look so pretty to us, how could you make this happen? We stay in the relationship. And that brings Geula to experience over a thousand Jews killed in a massacre coordinated and still to be able to lean in. It's bleak, it's scary. The ramifications are still unknown. We don't understand. But one thing we know, our future is bonded with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We need HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Hashem is also hurting, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs us. I was once sitting with a couple, and they were trying to sort out terrible disconnect in their relationship, which they really both wanted should work. And the wife described how she was sharing her pain on something with her husband. And they were sitting together at the dining room table. And it seemed like, like a significant moment where she could share and she felt safe. And she was talking to her husband. And she describes how the more she sheared, the more her husband consciously or subconsciously started leaning away and actually at one point moved his chair away from the dining room table, leaning out. So we're sitting together, husband and wife, and discussing this moment. And I turned to the husband and I asked him, do you remember this incident? And he said, yeah. And I said, could you try to think back and, and just think, why were you leaning out? And he told me, because as my wife talked about her pain, I intuitively figured I'm supposed to solve it. And I can't solve it. I'm afraid that I can't provide for her. And I kept moving away because I kept becoming more and more uncomfortable that I can't provide. And I shared with him this concept of leaning in. You don't have to provide a solution. Any human being can provide what's needed when another person is in pain. You just have to be there. Just be together in the morning, in the pain. To daven to say the words that so many of us are saying, to Hillen Pei Gimel, for example, 
Amru, the enemy said, Luchu v'nachidei migai. We're going to cut them off from being a nation, from being Hashem's nation. V'lo yizokher shem Yisrael od, and they won't be known anymore as Yisrael. That's what they thought. That's what they planned. And I know that we're all aware, it's not the time and place to discuss it, but we're aware that Kali Yisrael weren't, we weren't in such a good place before this attack. The Jews were at each other, Rahman al It wasn't so simple. And the enemy thought that they could attack and they would get away with it. And what they didn't realize and what they didn't count on is that Klal Yisrael know how to lean in in times of trouble. And when it gets difficult, we lean into HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And HaKadosh Baruch Hu leans into us. And there will be a Yeshua. There will be a salvation. But that's not even our discussion right now. Our discussion is in times of pain, in times that we see as bad, what's expected of us. What's expected is lo ira ra ki ata imodi. We're together in this. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, we're together. Imagine Rahman al-Litzlan, a sick child, and the parents have to deal with it. What's expected of them? <laughs> of course, the best treatment you can, the best davening you can, the best chusim you can, I understand. But one of the things that's expected of them is just be present with each other. Don't check out. And in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's what we need to do as well. It is, it's painful. But don't check out. Stay with it. Say the Tehillim. Recognize we're together. I once sat with a woman who described how many years ago she had a sick child. And the child was doing very poorly. So poorly that a resident in the doctor, in the hospital, came to her and said, you know, I think it might be time to say Shema with the child. And this happened many years ago to her, and she's describing it. And she just, she said it like she felt so comforted. And I'm waiting, you know, like for the punchline, for the miraculous punchline. And the child lived. And she said, no. The child, the child was nifter. And I'm still trying to understand. She's so serene about it. She's so comforted by this. And finally, she said the words. She said, because when that from resident came into the room and said, I think it's time for you to say Shema. I felt that HaKadosh Baruch was with me. And Hashem's with me. 
I don't have an explanation and I'm not taking away the pain. But Hashem is with us. You know, there's, there are a lot of stories coming out of Gaza. Phenomenal stories. HaKadosh Baruch Hu looking out for Klal Yisrael in such miraculous ways. One of the stories that I heard from someone who's also a Talmud of the same Rebbe as the soldier that it happened to. So he says that this man walked into a commander meeting and he saw everybody's crestfallen. Something terrible must have happened. And he asks what's going on. And they tell him that there are three APCs, three personnel carriers, middle of Gaza streets, and a drone that they have overhead just sent in pictures, video, that all three were blown up. They're sitting there burning, and there's no movement. There's no one jumping out. There's nothing. And they fear for the lives, three APCs, 36 soldiers, all is lost. And they're just, they're in shock by such a tragedy. And suddenly, as they're trying to process what's going on, one of the commander's phone rings. And he looks at the caller ID. And it's one of the soldiers on one of these APCs. And he picks up the phone, just like in shock, like, like you're dead. How could you be calling me? And the soldier says, oh, I'm very much alive, Baruch Hashem. He said, what happened? He says, well, we were driving in formation. And suddenly some sparks started coming out from the lead vehicle. And we saw these sparks coming out and we were afraid. We panicked. And we just all jumped out of the APC. The second in line saw that we were jumping out. There's no time to make radio connection. And they figured if we're jumping out, so they should jump out. So they jumped out. And the third did the same. We all quickly found cover in the area, trying to sort out what the sparks were and what happened and what's the panic. And just as we reach cover, three anti-tank missiles hit one, each of the APCs. They blew them up, but there was no one on board. Stunned. We don't understand. We don't understand why we're there and why we have to be there and why this massacre, why this whole enemy to begin with. But that Hashem is with us. Hashem sends a few sparks because he's the one who owns the world and he can do anything. And he doesn't have to make great drama to save people's lives. He makes a few sparks and a little panic, and he gets his children out of harm's way. We're living in momentous times. 
soldiers who possibly never wore tzitzis in their lives are asking for tzitzis. They won't go into Gaza without tzitzis. They're asking for tefillos. Between 6 and 10, United States time, are the wee hours of the morning in Eretz Yisrael, when the people in Eretz Yisrael, by and large, are sleeping and are not davening. And they're asking that Jews in America should daven during those times, because they're relying on our tefillahs. They know that. They know that tefillah works, because Klal Yisrael is one. Another story that came out of the Gaza fighting, amazing. A commander who had no religious orientation, really distant. He suddenly goes over to the one noticeably from soldier, and he says, you, now, go pray. He says, what? Every time I take time off for Davini, it's a whole fuss. And now you're telling, just do it, go Davin. So he pulls out his tehillim and he walks off and he starts davening. He comes back 15 minutes later and the commander gives him a hug. Wow. He says, what's going on? He said, we had a personnel carrier in middle of Gaza, middle of a street. We see it through the drones and they called in for help. It's just not working. It stalled in middle of the street and they know that they're sitting ducks. Someone's going to shoot them. It's going to be all over. And I realized that the only thing we can do is have someone intercede with the Bodeola. And I know you always ask to go Davin. So I figured you're the man. I sent you to Davin and you should know within minutes we got an update. They were able to get the vehicle moving and they're moving again. They're no longer stuck. Which brings us to the story and the yomtif of Hanukkah. At Hanukkah, they were also in difficult times. Kal Yisrael were being oppressed terribly. And the remarkable thing is that oppression and difficult times, if you lean in, creates treasured moments. That's the time that we become an Av, a father of Klal Yisrael, of our families. The same way that Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Yosef met difficult situations in their lives. 
and they forged the way, they created a whole new reality. Think about Yosef. He's in the middle of Mitzrayim, but he stays loyal. He becomes, he becomes Yisimcha Elokim Ke'efrayim Ve'chemenasha, that even in Golos we can be strong. And when a person in a difficult moment leans in and stands up to the test, they create a reality that becomes the standard for their family, for Klal Yisrael. If a vase breaks, it was an accident. And we stay calm. We don't scream, we don't fault. That's an Av moment. That's creating a new reality because we lean in. And it becomes what the family stands for. It was once by a Shiva, and a woman described how so many years ago when she was a child, her parents bought a wall unit. And somehow... The wall unit was still being put into place, and she was a precocious young lady. And she slammed the door open, and it hit the wall unit, and it shattered all the glass. And her father's reaction was, let's quickly clean up the glass before mommy knows. We'll just tell her that this wall unit, you know, it's a different style. It came without glass. So I don't know if you could pull that off today. I think wall units come with glass. But he was able to do that. And when you do that, that becomes what your family stands for. People's feelings before objects. And at the time of Hanukkah, they had a difficult situation. There was a crisis. The Yavanim legislated against us. So you have Jews, the Misyavnim, who gave up. To them, wow, embrace the latest trend. This is the best thing that ever happened. This is modern. The same way that Jews embraced communism and embraced so many other things over the years, the Misyavnim. And then you have Jews who are passive. It's pikuach nefesh, what can you do? Oy, nebuch, kashrus, and shabbos, and tibola, hegman, tachilo, what are we supposed to do? The pikuach nefesh mentality. And, and they're not taking action. They're just becoming more distant. And our heroes are the chashmonoim, the makabis, micha mochab bo'elem Hashem. These are people who declare it's a difficult time and we're going to be there. We're going to show up. We're going to lean in. As a mentor of mine used to say, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And they mobilize and they're ready. We're ready. The Pasuk in Daniel. It will be at that time. Your nation will be saved. 
Kol Hanimtza Kosuv Basefer. Anybody who's written in the book. We want to be written in the book. In Hashem's book. In the book of people that he can call on. We're not the Mesyavnim Rachmana Litznan, and we're not the Pikuach Nefesh Jews either. We're Kosuv Basefer. We're written in the book, critical moments in history, in our family. Will I get angry? Will I care? Will I be patient? Will I be focused? And nationally, Klal Yisrael is galvanized. We're mobilized. Tefillah after tefillah, tehillim after tehillim. We experience tragedy. Boy, did we. We're in shock together and it's not over. We can wait. <laughs> we want the hostages released. Uh, we see how complex it is. Why do I not fear? I don't have all the answers. And I know that the people who claim to have all the answers don't have all the answers. There's only one reason I'm not afraid. Kiata imadi, because I'm leaning in and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is leaning in. Hashem is in charge. There were people, I guess there still are people, they're not gone. They're hoping that everything is going to fall apart by the Jewish people. And it's true on some level, we were in a bad place. And they took advantage. And they did so with barbaric glee. But the Novi Yeshaya is stronger. The Novi Yeshaya is greater than Hamas. And the Novi Yeshaya asks the question in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is there a get between Hashem and his people? There is none. How dare you? We're very much married, Kaviyahol. We have difficult times. We're in Golos, it's true. We don't have the Beis HaMikdash. But Ezer Sefer Kirisus Imchem. Klal Yisrael is still my nation. Don't you dare. You know, it's interesting. In the renewed energy of recognizing as a nation who we are. Tefillah, mitzvahs, tzitzis. It's worth reminding ourselves that the Israeli flag is built on Jewish tradition. In its center is the Mugging David. Translate Mugging David, the shield of David. What is the shield of David? What does that mean? And why does this image have six corners? And the answer, quite plainly, for anybody who studied Tehillim, 
is that the Mogging David, the shield of David, was a symbol by which to remember HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to remember Hashem. You know, as the children's song goes, up, up, down, down, all around. Hashem is in all six directions. This was a way to symbolize that the mugging David, the shield of David, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's through Torah and mitzvahs and connecting and leaning in that we're zocha to that siyata deshmaya. And the blue color, <laughs> it's not by chance. It's techeles. That's the color to remind. It's the right color of techeles, but that's clearly what blue was chosen for. And it's meant to remind us, doma lekisei hakavot, to remind us of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, l'ma'an tiz kiru, so that you remember, to remember who we are as Jews, to remember, to reconnect. Hanukkah is a time when we emerged from difficult times into a yomtif, into wonderful, memorable times. And we should indeed be zocha to as it's known, a holiday of light. As the Navi Yeshaya declares in Parakhtes, Ha'am, the people, Ha'holchim b'choshech, they're going in darkness. Ra'u or Godol, may we see a great light. We're holchim b'choshech, we don't get immobilized in darkness. Lo'ira ra'kiata imadi, we continue going, but we're going in darkness. We are. It's hard. But we're going. And we'll be zocha individually and as a nation to the Argadol, the Yeshua, the salvation that Hashem promises us in every generation. I thank you so much for joining. Continued Hatzlacha, Yeshua, and Bracha to everyone.